Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! There are two unconstitutional abortion bans on John Kasich's desk right now. One is the six-week abortion ban, House Bill 258. The second is Senate Bill 145, the abortion method ban. On December 5th, a Senate committee heard testimony from many doctors, patients, and advocates warning against the dangers of these bills. For today's show, we're going to bring you testimony from seven physicians and medical students. You're going to hear Dr. Anita Samani, Dr. Erica Boothman, Anna-Marie Beckmeyer, Ellen Schleckman, Aaron Bishop, Dr. Alice Frazier, and Renata Roenthal tell the committee why these bills are so bad. The next witness slip I have is for Ms. Anita Samani. This bill has come in front of you all several times, and I know I've spoken to some of you individually, some of you at other committee hearings, and I want to Um, kind of reiterate what we've talked about in the past. I have been practicing in Ohio for 25 years, and over the 25 years, I've seen the impact of of political decisions on patients' health every day. And regardless of your faith orientation, it's untenable for the state of Ohio to criminalize physician behavior. Um, And to deny a medical procedure to patients that is both constitutional and consistent with a physician's professional medical standards of care. Abortions are actually safer than pregnancy. Most women, most people don't realize that. But when you look at maternal mortality rates in pregnancy versus mortality rates for an abortion, the mortality rates in pregnancy are much higher. Currently, because we have created a situation in Ohio where abortion has become more and more difficult to obtain, we have also seen our infant and maternal mortality rates go up. And that is a direct result of limiting access to care, creating a situation where women cannot make the choices they need to, whether it's health choices or choices that are made because um, whether the baby has an anomaly, whether their health is um, unfortunately um, impacted by a pregnancy. For example, somebody with high blood pressure, somebody that has kidney disease, there are conditions where women could not safely carry a pregnancy. And at six six weeks may not even know that she's pregnant. So those are conditions where this law is untenable and would not allow for a woman to be able to um, save her own life at at the risk of the heartbeat bill. I know there are exceptions in this, but that is one of the things that we really um, struggle with. The other thing is that there are times where we see a heartbeat at six weeks, and then at eight to 10 weeks, the patient comes back and there's no heartbeat. So Mother Nature understands, and Mother Nature does naturally terminate pregnancies. So I don't know where we can sit here and say that at six weeks, this is a life. You know, the, the baby, the fetus cannot survive outside the mother. There's no reason that we should arbitrarily choose six weeks as a point where we um, do not allow terminations. Our technology allows us to identify genetic chromosomal lethal anomalies. Those cannot be identified at six weeks. Those cannot be identified often until 13, 14, 15 weeks, even sometimes later than that. 
And those are the terminations that women have to make difficult choices. These women aren't choosing to throw away their babies or choosing to you know, kill their babies, as the lawyer before me said. These women are making difficult, difficult decisions with their spouses, with their families, because they know if that child is born, that child will potentially will end up dying in the first few weeks or the first months of life. And again, if you want to create a better environment for Ohio women, if you want to create situations where abortions decrease, abortion numbers have decreased in the United States because of effective contraception, not because of abortion laws, because women will have abortions regardless of what laws you put into place. The reason they I have decreased- I you to summarize, doctor. Pardon? If I could ask you to summarize it yes. at this point. Um, the, the, the point being that it is not about abortions, it's about effective contraception. Put that money that we're spending on these bills towards providing effective contraception. The other last point I want to make is my daughter is a fourth year medical student and she's going into OBGYN and she's already decided not to train her practice in Ohio unless these laws change. So the other access to care is a big issue for people in Ohio. There are plenty of young doctors here that will not stay in Ohio with the laws the way they are. Next is Dr. Erica Booth. My name is Dr. Erica Boothman. I am a physician resident specializing in obstetrics and gynecology. I received my medical degree from Ohio State University College of Medicine, and I earned a master's in public health from Johns Hopkins University. I've lived in Columbus since 2011, and I plan to practice medicine in Columbus after my residency is over. As an obstetrician gynecologist, I am here to express my strong opposition to House Bill 258. I want to start off by saying that it is incredibly frustrating to me that we are back here. We are here yet again discussing removing autonomy from women. I am here again asking you to vote no on this bill, a bill that the majority of Americans do not support. I am here as a doctor who has promised to take care of women in whatever state of health they present. I am here telling you that this will lead to worse outcomes for women in Ohio. Every day I use my training to counsel patients to identify and choose smart medical decisions, ranging from stop smoking to avoid doing heroin. I'm standing here on behalf of my patients, Ohio women, your constituents, telling you that supporting this bill is a poor choice. The majority of women who have abortions are already mothers. With Ohio's abysmal infant mortality rate, Ohio cannot afford to pass a bill that could harm Ohio's women and mothers, potentially making them unable to care for their other children. One of my colleagues, Dr. Castle, asked me to share two patient stories, two women who thankfully received care in an Ohio that had not passed House Bill 258. Please refer to her written testimony that you all received, um, but I would like to read two of her stories. The first patient is a 31-year-old woman, woman who was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Her cancer was rapidly progressive, already beyond the stage at which she was a candidate for surgical resection. She needed chemotherapy and pelvic radiation as soon as possible. At the time of her initial consult with our oncology team, she was found to be pregnant and her fetus did have a heartbeat. Her oncologist stressed the importance of prioritizing her cancer treatment, as another nine months would likely mean that her cancer would never be curable. The patient was devastated, as an abortion did not align with her personal or religious views, but she proceeded with a life-saving pregnancy termination. 
She is now doing well and completing her chemotherapy and pelvic radiation. The second patient is a 29-year-old woman who developed a rare but life-threatening condition after her last pregnancy called peripartum cardiomyopathy. Her ejection fraction, which is a measure of the heart's ability to circulate blood to her body, was 25%. Her cardiologists were so concerned that they felt that she needed an implantable cardiac pacing device. During the planning for this procedure, she was found to be pregnant with a fetus with a heartbeat. Her cardiology specialist reported that women in this, this circumstance are at a 50% risk of having permanent heart failure and a one in four chance of death by continuing the pregnancy to term. The patient was unimaginably upset but proceeded with a life-saving pregnancy termination. Um, I know I'm short on time, but before I finish, I just want to also highlight um, that we have been interviewing uh, medical students for residency positions. Um, I have been shocked by the number of applicants who have said that they were considering Ohio as a place to do their residency, and now they're very concerned. And they, Ohio schools and Ohio programs have gone down on their list because they don't want to practice in a state where standard of care medicine is not available to them. So I hope that you would consider those things as you consider about this bill. This bill would harm women. This bill would deter smart medical minds from choosing to practice in this state. Supporting this bill is the wrong decision. And because of this, I urge you to vote no on House Bill 258. Next is Anna-Marie Beckmeyer. Um, good evening, members of the committee. As you've said, my name is Anna-Marie Beckmeyer. I'm a second year medical student from Columbus. Today, I will be representing over 150 medical professionals from all over the state of Ohio, from right here in Columbus to Portsmouth, from Toledo, Athens, and Cleveland, to name a few places. They all signed a letter that I'm about to read some excerpts from in opposition to this House Bill 258. As medical professionals, we see firsthand the impact of political decisions on patients' health. The state of Ohio cannot criminalize physician behavior, and to deny a medical procedure to patients that is constitutional and consistent with medical standards of care. We respectfully ask you to vote against this bill. It is not evidence-based, and it criminalizes care. Currently, as people have stated previously, in Ohio, we are facing really high maternal mortality rates. According to the Ohio Department of Health, 85 women die per 100,000 live births. Denying women the right to have abortion in a sterile, physician-led environment would only result in this number increasing. Research shows that allowing access to safe abortion drops maternal mortality, so fewer women would die. Um, as we've seen in Ohio as well, after the 20-week ban, abortion restriction did not impact, did not decrease the number of abortions. They actually increased. Legal accessible abortion is very safe. And to put this in perspective, it's about the same um, risk as getting a shot of penicillin, which most people wouldn't blink at. Medically, a fetal heartbeat doesn't um, indicate that there will be a healthy outcome. A lot of times women do not even realize they're pregnant. Um, as people have said, standard prenatal care includes genetic testing, um, most not available before the six weeks. This would impact the patient-physician relationship and not allow women and their families to make important decisions and plan for their future. 
Criminalizing physician actions that are consistent with professional standards is also unacceptable. If laws like this are allowed in Ohio, young professionals like myself um, would have to think, why would I place myself in a state in the midst of this legal quagmire where you would prevent me from treating my patients um, with evidence-based care and also criminalizing my practice? We already have a shortage of physicians in Ohio. Ohio could not tolerate that. Um, as far as infant mortality, um, we find that women who are forced to carry a pregnancy that is unwanted are less likely to seek prenatal care, which worsens infant mortality rates. This disproportionately affects mothers already facing challenges, those who are young, with children already, single mothers, mothers who are in domestic abuse situations. Each bill might not seem to have a great impact, but logistically, it's already nearly impossible for women in Ohio to make this choice. If you and other um, lawmakers and politicians truly care about women and women's health and preservation of life, you would vote against this bill and support comprehensive sexual education and care. Regardless of your personal belief, this is unconstitutional and will be challenged, adding to a taxpayer um, burden as well. Women and their providers should be the only ones involved in this decision and religion if that individual is religious. So please, please vote against this bill. Next is Ellen Schleckman. I'd like to begin by introducing myself. My name is Ellen Schleckman. I am a lifelong Ohioan hailing from the Cleveland area. I'm also a fourth year medical student and I'm planning to pursue a career in obstetrics and gynecology. Women's healthcare is my passion, and I currently plan to become a physician who specializes in high-risk pregnancies and the complications of pregnancy. As someone who will dedicate my entire career to this field, I am strongly opposed to House Bill 258. The action of this bill puts an undue burden on women and physicians of Ohio. The opinions I'm expressing today are my own and do not reflect those of my university. As a medical student and future, future physician, I am opposed to political interference and regulation that hinders a physician's ability to provide the best possible care to their patients. The decision to have an abortion should be autonomously made by the patient and her access to a safe medical procedure, procedure should not be limited by her zip code. There are many reasons why I oppose this bill and today I will emphasize three distinct, succinct points that should raise concern for everyone regardless of their personal convictions regarding abortion care. The first point I would like to make is that this legislation will disproportionately burden already disadvantaged women in Ohio. Women of higher socioeconomic status will continue to be able to access abortion in neighboring states where reproductive rights are fiercely protected at the state level. In our state, we already have significant health disparities in maternal fetal health. Legislating women with limited resources into unwanted pregnancies will only worsen our maternal and newborn health crises. The second point I would like to make is that this bill severely restricts abortion to before women undergo screening for genetic disorders and anatomic defects in their fetuses. The earliest we can start Screening for abnormal chromosomes in a fetus is 10 weeks. Complete assessment of fetal anatomy using ultrasound is not recommended until the second trimester or 14 weeks. I have met patients grappling with the fatal fetal conditions diagnosed after these tests. Their grieving process should not be further complicated by having their therapeutic options limited by the state of Ohio. The third point I would like to make is that, is that this legislation will negatively impact Ohio's ability to attract physicians who are passionate about improving women's health care. I have spent the last two months interviewing at obstetrics and gynecology programs, residency programs with the best and brightest of future providers. We are the future of women's health care. 
We value comprehensive training in the full spectrum of obstetrics and gynecology, which includes family planning and abortion training. Fellow OBGYN interviewees tell me they will not pursue a residency in Ohio if this law is passed. I want Ohio's fantastic healthcare systems to recruit talented women's healthcare physicians from across the country. Physicians who will bring our institutions research dollars, find innovative solutions to combat our disparities, and provide high quality care to our communities. Restricting training opportunities and the scope of practice for physicians in this state will prevent us from attracting and retaining the best and brightest. I urge you to vote against House Bill 258. Thank you. Next is Aaron Bishop. My name is Erin Bishop, and I'm a second-year medical student at a public medical school in Ohio, a board member of Medical Students for Choice, and a passionate voting constituent of Ohio. Before I start, I must preface that what I say here today is reflective of my own convictions rather than those of my university. That being said, on behalf of my future patients, I am strongly opposed to House Bill 258. As a future physician, the risk this poses to my future patients across the state of Ohio is incredibly concerning. The bill makes no exceptions for women who find themselves pregnant as a result of rape or incest, a situation in which 77% of Americans believe that election, elective abortion should be legal. The bill also does not consider threats to a, the mother's mental health, which 61% of Americans think should be a valid and legal reason to terminate a pregnancy. Evidence-based medicine has proven that restricting access to abortion at any stage of pregnancy does not decrease the number of abortions that women seek. Many opponents of a woman's right to choose argue that abortion results in mental and emotional harm to the mother. However, research has shown that restricting access has been shown to increase anxiety, lower self-esteem, and decrease life satisfaction of these mothers. I am sure that many of you have heard these arguments before, so let me try a different approach. While at a conference last weekend, I was approached by a fourth-year medical student from another region of the country. She told me that her top-choice residency program had been in Ohio, but that she did not think that she could choose an Ohio program anymore. She stated that if women have such restricted access to abortion care, it would become incredibly difficult to get adequate training in the full range of reproductive health care, whether or not abortion was a service that she planned to offer in her future practice. This is not the first time I have heard this. Two of my closest friends, born and raised in Ohio, are also interviewing for residency, choosing where they will continue their medical education and likely their later practice. They express similar sentiments. In fact, one friend has explicitly told me that she can no longer stay this, in this state and I feel the same way myself. This statement does not just apply to those planning to practice women's health care. In fact, just as many, if not more, abortions are provided by family medicine doctors than by gynecologists. In a state that already has a maternal mortality rate three times the national average and a dearth of physicians in many of the rural areas of the state, I would argue that policies like this one discourage new physicians from coming into the state because they cannot learn the full range of care that their scope of practice allows. This will negatively impact the, impact the health of all Ohioans, not just pregnant Ohioans. It will also decrease the number of Ohio-trained students who plan to stay in this state, students whose education has been partially funded by the state itself. On behalf of the future health care of all Ohioans, not just those who will become pregnant, I urge you to strongly consider my testimony and vote no on this bill that will threaten the mental and physical health and autonomy of so many women in Ohio. The most effective way to reduce abortions is not by restricting access, but by providing comprehensive contraception and sexual health education. Thank you again for the opportunity to testify, and I will now take any questions you might have. 
Thank you, Ms. Bishop. Uh, Senator Tavares. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman, Ms. Bishop. Thank you very much for your testimony and thank you uh, for your organization's um, advocacy uh, on healthcare issues. Um, you talked about some of your friends not wanting to choose Ohio because some of the, the practices, laws we've put in place. Um, do you have any guesstimate on how many students are making choices outside of Ohio, either from your class or uh, from the organization's perspective, uh, choosing to go elsewhere? I'm not sure that I can give you a number there, but I would like to say that having been out of the state at a conference this weekend, medical professionals across the country are watching Ohio and are watching this state right now and are not very inclined to choose to continue to practice in a state where um, their practice based on their, their medical license could be um, affected. Next is Dr. Alice Frazier. My next witness slip is for uh, Dr. Alice Frazier. Uh, I am a retired family practitioner and a strong opponent of actually of House Bill 258. I'm testifying on behalf of the League of Women Voters and I am a member of that organization. I practiced uh, family practice in Sunbury for 22 years. Uh, following five years as on the faculty at the Ohio State University Department of Family Medicine where I did my family practice residency. I then worked at a, a primary care clinic for the uninsured in Marysville at the Union County Health Department. Uh, this was uh, created by the health department and the hospital there, Memorial Hospital because of the number of people in the community who did not have and could not afford to see a family physician. I also worked at a similar um, care center in Mansfield, Ohio for a short time and then returned to Ohio State and retired from there about six years ago. It has been my privilege to care for many wonderful people <clears throat> Excuse me. during my, my Career. Some of them have faced extremely difficult circumstances, some of which were created by the arrival of unplanned children. They love these children as much as, as we all love our children, but you know, if they'd been able to time that at a different time, it would have been better. Uh, women can become pregnant because of rape or incest, as, we, as we've just uh, heard from the previous uh, witness. Under this bill, they would un be unlikely to be able to terminate these pregnancies before six weeks because they might not know they were pregnant yet, and they also might um, not even be able to get an appointment in that time frame. Um, should I go ahead to the yeah. maybe to the end of it? Yeah. So um, the, the the main story I want to tell is that when I was a medical student, it was before Roe versus Wade came into effect, and I was in the emergency room on my rotation when a young woman who came in, it was about my age, who had become pregnant. She already had a family and was, did not feel that she could go ahead with the pregnancy. 
and she had an illegal back alley, so-called back alley abortion, which resulted in severe infection and sepsis, and she died. And uh, I just, that made a tremendous impression on me. Obviously, I was about the same age as this young woman at that time. And I, I really feel that this bill is misguided, especially the six-week uh, cutoff for termination. Finally, we have Renata Royenthal. My name is Renata Royenthal, and I'm a medical student, though my views are my own and not representative of my medical college. I am also an aspiring obstetrician-gynecologist and, not least of all, a fertile woman. It is all of these identities, professional and personal, that compel me before you today to speak in opposition to House Bill 258, the proposed six-week abortion ban. Before attending medical school, I worked in and for a time supervised an abortion clinic. In this role, I provided support to patients in innumerable ways, from scheduling appointments to assisting with procedures to providing blankets and ginger ale. I also helped patients in ways you may not expect, such as with establishing prenatal care, contacting adoption agencies, and counseling on family planning to reduce the likelihood of return visits. As an abortion care worker, my role was not to pressure vulnerable people into ending their pregnancies for my own profit. Rather, my role was to support patients' choices in whatever way I could. And every day, patients responded with earnest and heartfelt gratitude, the depths of which I have never witnessed before. It was my work in abortion care that inspired me to pursue a medical degree, and while my skill set as a physician will be different, my job will essentially be the same, to provide patients with medical support for their pregnancy and family planning decisions and to treat them like experts on their own livelihoods. I am proud to call myself a lifelong Ohioan, and I would love nothing more than to give back to my home state as a practicing physician. However, if Ohio enacts a six-week abortion ban outlawing the procedure before many people even realize they are pregnant, then I will not be able to train adequately in Ohio. I will not be able to provide comprehensive, compassionate, evidence-based care to my patients in alignment with both my medical knowledge and my conscience. In truth, I will not even feel safe to pursue my own long-held dream of motherhood as my husband and I won't have a full grip on the reins to make personal medical decisions about our family. And sadly, I know that many of my peers are reaching similar conclusions. I am not here today to change anyone's heart or mind about abortion. I see little utility in quibbling over the right answers to philosophic, fundamentally unknowable questions. However, I know that we are all guided in this world by our personal beliefs. And so, if you believe, like I do, that Ohio must retain medical talent by honoring the doctor-patient relationship, that government must not overreach into matters of the family, and that pregnant people must be treated with dignity and respect, then I urge you to manifest those beliefs by opposing this bill. So there's seven witnesses, all speaking against the abortion bans on John Kasich's desk. Uh, as if that wasn't enough, here's 10 reasons why John Kasich should veto both abortion bans. You can contact his office and let him know how you feel. One, it removes a woman's ability to make her own personal medical decisions. Once a woman's made the decision to end a pregnancy, she needs access to safe, legal abortion care in her community. Over 20,000 people chose to have an abortion in Ohio each year, and 7 in 10 Americans support legal access to abortion care. Uh, two, is, would cause quality medical professionals to leave the state, as we've just heard. Three, there's no exceptions for rape or incest. 
Four, there's inadequate exception to protect the health of the woman. Five, judges block this proposal as an unconstitutional abortion ban in every state where it's been challenged. Six, it would block a very safe and common method of second trimester surgical abortions. Seven, it forces women out of state for medical care if they can afford to leave. If they can't, women are punished disproportionately, especially low-income women, young women, and women of color. Eight, it would criminalize doctors, charging them with felonies. Nine, the bill language is not based in accurate medical science. The sponsors use inaccurate inflammatory language to describe both of these bills. And 10, they're designed to overturn or gut Roe versus Wade. These are blatant challenges against safe and legal abortion access in Ohio. Visit ProChoiceOhio.org for ways to contact John Kasich and your state legislators. Voice your disapproval for these bills, and we'll see everybody next week. Bye.